Welcome to the Not A Mommy Yet podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Fay. I started the Not A Mommy Yet blog and this podcast because I've always known I want to be a parent one day, and you might be listening because you feel the same. You may have also heard people with kids say things like, I wish I had known this before I had kids, or I wish I had done that. Hearing those comments made me think about the parts of my life I want to spend more time focusing on before I have kids in ways that will benefit me as a parent. So I started a list of people who can teach me about health, money, relationships, psychology, and more, and started interviewing them, and this podcast was born. Whether you plan to have kids or not, I think you'll find something interesting in this podcast for you. I hope you enjoy, subscribe, and maybe even share it with a friend. Thank you so much for listening. Today on the podcast, I'm honored to be speaking with Laura Lynn Jackson. If you're unfamiliar with her work, let me have the pleasure of introducing you to her. Laura Lynn Jackson is a psychic medium. She can feel, hear, and see people who have crossed over to the other side. She's a Windbridge Certified Research Medium, one of 17 in the United States, at the Windbridge Institute, which is dedicated to conducting world-class research on phenomena currently unexplained within traditional scientific disciplines. She is also one of 25 certified mediums who offers their time at the Forever Family Foundation, working to protect the continuity of the family, even though a member has left the physical world. She has read for hundreds of people and connected them with loved ones who have crossed. If you haven't had the chance to read her book, Signs, I highly recommend it. Her first book, The Light Between Us, is next on my list. She was also recently on the show Surviving Death on Netflix, which I binged and thoroughly enjoyed. Laura understands that there are powerful cords of light that connect us to those we love, both here and in the afterlife. And if we open our hearts and minds to these bonds, we can immeasurably enhance the way we live and love today. Through her books and her amazing work, she is sharing the lessons she has learned from the other side with so many. She says that the most amazing lesson among them is this, that we may think we are just one small person on a very big planet, but all of our lives have extraordinary meaning and purpose, and that purpose is always about learning and help each other in our beautiful journeys. She invites you to embrace the brightness and power of your soul and to share your own beautiful light with the world. Here's our conversation about pregnancy, grieving while pregnant or parenting, and connecting with the other side and your team of light. Enjoy. So hi, Laura. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be in discussion with you. Oh, thank you. Um, So I've always been curious about mediumship and after experiencing the death of loved ones, you know, I think everyone hopes they're still with us in some way, shape, or form, you know, and after reading your book signs, and of course, Madison, who's my best friend, she talks about you all the time. Um, I just was blown away by all of the information in your book. And, you know, the story about your dad and Elvis, like really struck a chord. My dad loves Elvis. And so I was just like, I was trying to read it to my husband out loud and I couldn't even get through it, <laughs> but it was such a beautiful a part of your book. And for anyone who hasn't read signs, who's listening, please go read it. You won't regret it. Um, so now we're here. And before we get into the main topics of today, I'd really love for you to explain your work more with the Forever Family Foundation and the Winbridge Research Center, just so people can kind of get to know you a little bit better and what you do. 
Sure. You know, my journey to embracing my abilities as a psychic medium was a decades and decades long one. You know, I, I, um, I always had abilities since I was a child to kind of feel what other people were feeling and, and um, perceive, I guess, the energy around us um, in different ways from others. You know, I always think we only see really 15% of the energy around us, you know, um, and we need to kind of tap in and feel the rest. And for me, my whole life, I was experiencing that. So it took me a really long time to number one, understand my abilities. Um, being a psychic means that I'm reading energy. I'm reading people's energy. You know, we all have an aura around us at all times, our energy field. And within that energy field is information about our past, our present, our future, um, information of about people that we're tied to in the here and now, you know, who we, who we love, who we're connected to. And then the mediumship part of me means that I can perceive energy, um, consciousness of people who have left their physical bodies, but are still very much alive in consciousness and are very invested and very connected to their loved ones here still. You know, I very quickly learned that death is not a dead end. It's not the end of a relationship. It's merely a doorway. And that relationships continue. Those we love who have crossed to the other side, they're still with us. They're still watching over us. They're still trying to guide us and help us and cheer us on and sit with us when we're sad. And, and so that was a beautiful truth that became apparent to me um, very early on. Uh, one of the beautiful things that I've been able to be involved with is an organization called the Forever Family Foundation. Um, I tested for them in 2005, and I've been able to be um, a volunteer medium for them ever since. The Forever Family Foundation was founded by Fran and Bob Ginsburg. Um, they had lost their daughter, Bailey. She had crossed to the other side. And they very quickly began to realize that they were getting signs and messages from her. And there was really no outlet to discuss that or explanation, which is a not-for-profit um, that just allows people who are grieving to have a forum of discussion and to be guided and get some support and help and love. And they came up with a program to test mediums. Um, it was is kind of you know blinded program. When I tested, I I went to um, I was brought into a room and there are you know five different um, desk areas and video cameras and I would blindly read what's known as a sitter, the person who was there to have this, the reading with me and they would be scoring me. And they could only, you know, say yes or no answers so that everything I was bringing through was very, you know, clear. And I, you know, is, and so once I passed that test, I could be a volunteer medium, which is a beautiful thing because I'm, I'm able to, you know, volunteer my time to go to grief retreats where people who have um, lost loved ones can come, come together and come into the understanding that nobody's alone, that they're still with us. Mm -hmm. um, so it gave me this beautiful outlet to share my abilities there and to help others. And then um, I also am a Winbridge research medium. And so what that allows me to do is be a little bit of a guinea pig for scientists to try to figure out how I'm able to connect so fully with the other side and get the information I get. Because what I do know is that this is not just a gift that belongs to me and nobody ever needs to go to a psychic medium to uh, connect with their loved ones and get signs and messages from the other side. They just need to know maybe how to open up a little bit more to that. And I love showing people how to do that. Um, you know, I love teaching workshops and showing people like you have this ability, you can do this and you can feel loved and supported and guided and you can get tangible signs and messages. But what Winbridge allows me to do is work with scientists who, you know, do things like put, um, 
EG caps on my head and look mm-hmm. at my brain waves and figure out how that works. Um, so mm-hmm. it's really neat what that research has shown. And, um, you know, with Windbridge, it was a quintuple blinded study that eliminated any possibility of, let's say, number one, like fraud or in like cold reading where you're looking at a person's, you know, um, maybe body language or how they're reacting. You know, it was completely blinded. I was on the phone with a scientist who had no idea whether my answers were going to be right or wrong. So there was no indication of, you know, any intonation of a voice or anything. So I think it's really important actually for researchers and scientists to take a look at this and look at it in an academic and thoughtful way, because so often it's dismissed as like, oh, woo woo. And, you know, unfortunately it's not regulated. You know, there's no testing other than the tests that I've put myself through. So I think it's important to, you know, keep an open mind um, and have questions, but explore it. Absolutely. I mean, that's what I tell so many people that I talk to about this is just, you know, once you start to learn and understand anything, yeah. you start to, you know, you can make a decision for yourself as opposed to just shut it off, not try and understand it. And then you just assume it's woo woo or you assume, you assume things about it. I mean, that goes with everything in life. Yeah. Um, but yeah, after understanding what you have, what you can do, I mean, people, it's such a beautiful thing that people can trust their grief with you, trust their hearts with you, and you're able to connect people in such a powerful way to people who've passed, especially when it's children. Um, I mean, anyone, of course, but that is just such an amazing thing. So really grateful. There's people like you out there doing this work because I think it's, it's just amazing. Um, so first I wanted to discuss, um, loss while pregnant and parenting and pregnancy loss. And then we could get into the signs, uh, book, which I'm super excited to talk to you about. Um, so first before pregnancy, do you, does anyone ever come to you to connect with like their spirit babies? So for anyone listening who hasn't heard of spirit babies, uh, Madison actually got me this book, my best friend, she has very quickly, she's connected with hers and, um, I have yet to, and it's, and it hasn't made me feel like I'm don't have one or whatever it might, the case may be, but it's very interesting to think that you can connect with the spirit that will one day become your baby. So I'm curious, um, how you maybe help people do that, or maybe it just happens naturally during readings. Sure. You know, I think whenever I do a session with anyone, what I do know is that we may think we arranged it, but it was really always the other side who was orchestrating it um, because they want to share information with that person. And certainly in sessions that I do, I see what I call points of light on the other side waiting to come through. So what you would call spirit babies. Mm-hmm. Um, and so sometimes when I'm reading for somebody, you know, I get a lot of information about the person's life path. I'll see it, you know, as a timeline with lines drawn down. And so they'll show me what I call soul cycles, which is period of learning that the person's going to be working on one lesson and then the next. And sometimes I'll see shifts in life changes and I'll say, oh, you know, at this age, um, the door opens for you to bring through the children that you've contracted with. And so sometimes I'll see two points of light, let's say waiting on the other side and I'll say, okay, they're going to, you know, the timing for them to come in is for these in this bracket of years. And they're really excited to come. And And a lot of times I can pick up on, um, you know, their energy and their um, personality, if you will, their gender, um, their dynamic, what they're coming here to do on a soul mission. And then I might see, let's say, a third point of light. And what I'll understand is like, oh, you've contracted with these two souls to definitely be their mom. There's a third you could choose to have. You know, it's a free will choice. So it's very Mm -hmm. interesting how I'll get information about 
um, children who are waiting to come into um, an individual's life. But yes, you don't need me. Nobody ever needs me <laughs> to connect with their spirit babies on the other side. Like, that's the biggest fallacy. And that's the, the thing that I want to teach everyone is that you hold the power to do that. You don't need to have an in-between. You know, you can just get quiet within yourself. You can feel that energy. You can have that knowing. I think the problem for so many people is that they don't trust it. You know, having this spiritual connection um, and feeling that energy, you just have to learn to trust when you have it. You know, I always say, if you think you just got a sign, you did. And yeah. <laughs> you feel that you're connecting with your spirit baby, it's because you are. But so many people second guess it or question it, or they want to go to somebody else, like somebody like me validate to confirm it. it or validate it, you know? And so often when I do sessions, information I bring through just completely validates what the person already knew in their being. And they're like, that's exactly what I had gotten as a download. That's exactly what I thought too. And I'm just like, you really don't need this reading. You already knew this, you know, it's really... um. <laughs> Everybody has the power to do that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I've definitely, since reading your book and actually, um, I don't know if you know this, but I work at Open Eye with Madison. Yes, because whenever I, every Friday night, my unbelievable, wonderful, joyful, you know, outlet is to go on Madison's Crystal QVC. Yeah. And it's just such a great community of like loving energy and light and just Madison's energy is so contagious and happy. And I always see you in the background and you're yeah. doing all the, the helpful work, getting us all our beautiful crystals. That we're <laughs> So yes. Yeah. Um, and ever since working there, which has been so much fun, I have actually started to tap more into my intuition and your book helped that even more. Just like the signs that I get are time. Like that's pretty much I mean, like maybe there's other things that I need to still work on opening myself up to, but time like nine times out of 10, it's an angel number when I look at the clock or it's a significant number to me, like my birthday, whatever it is. So, um, yeah, I've started to become so much more aware of those things, which has been really fun and very validating. Um, so I love that. You know, I feel like being surrounded by all those crystals, it's got to open you up too. I would yeah. love Madison to teach people how to do like a, a crystal grid to like open and welcome your, you know, your children into your life and like open to like, she's so gifted in so many ways. I know it's really a snowball. We're going to, there's so much to do and so many wonderful things ahead of her that um, it'll happen for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but I love that idea. I love um, it. And then, yeah, like moving into then, so, you know, there's pre-pregnancy and then during pregnancy, women who experience pregnancy loss and however that happens, you know, human nature is to want answers. And a lot of the time, modern medicine can't give us those answers when it comes to pregnancy loss. So um, I'm curious, you know, how you help, you know, women through that again, knowing that there's a way that they could do it themselves through meditation and all of that. But um, yeah, how do you, how can you help guide them through that grieving process? For anybody who's experienced pregnancy loss, um, I think it's so important not to just look at it in like the physical sense of what has happened, but also the spiritual sense. And so when I do readings, oftentimes I'll read for somebody who let's say is maybe older and whose children are older, but I'll see a point of light on the other side and I'll say to the sitter, um, 
I see a pregnancy that didn't come through in the physical. In other words, you had a pregnancy that wasn't meant to come here in the physical. Um, and the message from that soul is that that soul is a point of light that will still watch over, is part of this, this spiritual family that's here. You know, I think we all have soul contracts before we come here. And a lot of times the message that I get from that um, point of light, from that soul on the other side who was a pregnancy that didn't come through in the physical is one of gratitude. And it's because that soul's entire soul mission was just to feel unconditional love for a moment. That's it, it's very uncomplicated. And that pregnancy, that love that that soul felt just from being connected to the, that mother completed his or her soul mission. That's so so I often see that. Sometimes too, I'll see um, there might be a point of light and I'll say there was a pregnancy that didn't come through, but the message I get might be that there was, there was like a choice of divine timing. And you know, our world here on earth, every choice, every action, every decision we make affects so many other life paths and other journeys. And it's like this great chess game. And so sometimes that soul will tell me like, well, I was going to come in, but then I, then something shifted here. So I realized it's better to come in at a different time. So mm-hmm. I'm waiting to come back. And so sometimes even let's say miscarriage, that soul might just come in later, might just mm-hmm. come right back in. So it's very interesting what they show me, but it's always about love. It's always about lessons about love and connection. And so even if someone had a pregnancy here that didn't come through, that ended, um, that soul is still attached to you in the most loving and beautiful way. And is still mm-hmm. part of your soul family. That's a really nice way of thinking about it. It's, I mean, yeah, I've never been pregnant, but I can imagine that it's, it's very, very tough to go through that when you want something so badly. So knowing that it's still there and that it still might come through again, I think is, would give me some peace knowing that for sure. Um, and that kind of leads well into the next, you know, idea, which is grieving while parenting or pregnant. So, you know, I've seen on social media, like a woman who was pregnant, whose dog passed away. Um, and then, you know, then people while they're parenting, like you, you know, who, who loses a parent or a close friend, like my mom lost her best friend a um, long time ago. But when it happened, you know, you still have to parent, you still have to keep going. And um, then you still have to carry the baby to full term and all these things. And you're going through these intense emotions. And I would think, you know, through your work, obviously, you've gathered a lot of information on how to grieve and like what really helps. And, and of course, the piece of knowing they're still there and all of that um, is, is wonderful. Um, but what else would you say have you, have you found, you know, through your work and in your personal life that has really helped you with through the grieving process? It's a very interesting question you bring up because you're bringing up the idea of grieving while you're pregnant and what that is. Mm. And I have a couple things to share about that. There are two times that I feel like you are most connected to the other side, almost just this raw visceral connection just opens you up so completely. And those two times are when you're bringing a soul through your physical body. And also when somebody you love has left the physical and has transitioned to the other side that leaves you ripped wide open in both ways. Mm -hmm. And there's a real powerful, beautiful connection in that. Um, And so for me, um, you know, when I had my first child, that's when my abilities just opened up so powerfully that I could not tuck them away anymore. And I got my download, like, this is what you're meant to do in the world now. And I always felt like it was her soul coming through mine that really opened me up and energized me. 
when my father crossed, um, you know, it was interesting because I said to myself, okay, here I am, a psychic medium. How is my understanding and my connection with the other side going to help me with my grief journey? And it helped me in profound ways. Um, you know, I think when we have somebody we love on the other side, knowing that we can talk to that person and that person will hear us, asking for tangible signs in the here and now for evidence of their continued love and support and existence is super important. Mm -hmm. um, I'm all for evidence, you know, and I'm all for critical thinking and a critical thinker has a question and then explores it and finds a truth. And what I will say is that if anyone has someone they love on the other side, ask them for a specific concrete sign because you will get it. And when you get it, it will change your worldview. You know, it becomes a truth for you knowing that that person is still with you. And so if you're in a situation where you're both pregnant, so you're bringing this soul through your body, which is this intense, powerful, amazing experience, and you're also grieving, which means your, your cords to the other side are wide open and you have this kind of rawness to, it's almost like you're wearing your heart on your sleeve, like you feel everything mm -hmm. so deeply. You can really call upon your loved one on the other side to help guide you through your grief journey. You know, that's a really important point. I would love people to know that they're not alone in their grief because mm -hmm. sometimes we're in this physical world. People can want to help you. They can want to try to say the right things. They can want to sit by you, but grief is so isolating. You can feel so lost in the power of your sadness and your loss. Mm -hmm. And there is something very profound and powerful in that physical loss because your loved one can't put you know, his or her arms around you and hug you anymore because they don't have arms. Mm -hmm. They can't physically call you on the phone because they don't have voice boxes. But in so many ways, they're more powerful and more present than they could ever be when they were here in the physical. You know, so often the message I get from the other side is I've gone from being here on earth to being able to be everywhere at once. Mm -hmm. And sometimes if I speak to, let's say, um, a mother on the other side or a father on the other side, they'll talk about how wonderful it is to be able to be with all their children here on earth at the same time. Like, energetically present, you know, how they don't have the same boundaries of time, space, physics that they had when they were here. So it's really this beautiful experience. And there have been in, there have been, you know, ex times where different family members have gotten the same exact download from, let's say, a loved one on the other side in real time at the same moment, gone Ooh. to like text each other or share it, and they're all blown away. Or they've all had a, a visitation dream that the night before, and they go to tell each other, and it's the same visitation. Like dad came and he said, I love you, and I'm still present. And it's this, and he was wearing the same thing in everybody's dream. Wow. So this is very real. You know, it's very powerful and very beautiful. And I think the knowing, carrying that knowing that we're never alone on our grief journey, that we always, have this, you know, team of light that we can tap into at any time on the other side. And, you know, our team of light is composed of God energy, our spirit guides, you know, and spirit guides are nobody we knew this lifetime. They're like evolved souls who are helping us on our journey, you know, through a time and, and history, people have called them guardian angels and so forth. And then we have anybody we loved on the other side. And that mm -hmm. includes pets, you know, um, yeah. Well, guide us too, and they can have, they can give us love. I think pets sometimes teach us our most powerful uh, lessons about being unconditionally loved. Right? You can come mm -hmm. home from a day and be really cranky, and nobody wants to be around you, but you know your dog will just want to be with you, <laughs> be yeah. with love. So you know, I think feeling that connection, honoring that connection, knowing that connection, trusting that connection can really change how we're living in the here and now. And I think the best way to celebrate that is when you have a moment of connection or you have that 
feeling or knowing, or you get assigned to share it with others is so important. Mm-hmm. I think sharing our stories, sharing our connections, it's, it's this contagious energy of light and it just opens doorways. I think who you talk to, who you spend time with, that energy pattern matters. So the more we share, the more we open and it's a beautiful experience. Absolutely. Yeah. It's really nice to hear that they can be in so many places at once, because you do think, especially when you lose someone where you weren't their direct descendant, let's say you're like, oh, they're going to be spending time with their kids. You know, they're not going to be here with me. Like, why would they, you know, but, you know, it's all about cord connections, soul connections. It's like these cords of light that connect us all. We're all part of each other's journeys. We just don't get to fully maybe recognize that when we're here on earth, we get glimpses of it. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. Everything about, you know, reading your reading signs, I just have become so much more comforted about death. Like, I think that's what's so important too, is to not be afraid of it as much Yeah. because I've, I had already like come to peace. Like when it happens, it happens, you're dead. Like there's nothing you can do about it. Right. But so that to me didn't scare me, but it's more so about like what happens next. I have always felt that there had to be more. I've always believed in reincarnation. I've always believed that this just isn't the end, you know? And so reading that and, and also watching surviving death too, actually hearing all of the near death experience stories and that they were all so similar. Um, and, uh, what, you know, at the end of your book, it was a Steve jobs and, um, who was the other man, uh, gentleman who had like the, the vision, right. As they're dying that you mentioned, but, um, with Steve jobs, his last words were, Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, just all of that makes me happy to know that people, when they're crossing and they're going to that experience that they are immediately met by loved ones or their team of light. And, um, that's just so comforting because yeah, my grandpa actually passed a couple weeks ago and he was alone because it was COVID. Thank you. And, and, and so I just found so much comfort knowing like, at least like my grandma was with it, like, even though she had already passed, you know, a long time ago, like she was probably there. And, and then he had another wife after her who was probably there too. And so um, just knowing that was so nice. Um, even though, you know, his 50 children and grandchildren couldn't be with him, at least he wasn't alone. Um, but, you know, talking to kids about this too, I find really interesting. Something from this podcast and just my general interest in like child development there's an age and stage for everything. So like when you're teaching kids about sex, like there's ways to like start young, but do so in a way that makes sense for where they're at mentally um, and to teach it to them slowly. And so I'm curious, how do you kind of start to teach maybe your kids or other um, children about these concepts in a way that they can kind of understand them? Yeah, those are, that's a great question. I just want to address before I jump into that question, what you were saying about nobody crossing alone. I think that's such an important point to mm-hmm. um, celebrate, you know, and that's something that the other, those on the other side has told, have told me a time and time again, even if there's something, let's say traumatic that happens to them here on earth and they're physically alone at their time of crossing, we're all greeted by the most beautiful, you know, team of light. A lot mm-hmm. of times too, if we've had a, a, you know, a pet, it'll come bounding up to us, you know, before Aww. anybody else kind of gets there, but we'll see everybody coming. Um, so often too, if you look at some of, you know, the information that's coming out about hospice care, people have visions. They see their loved ones who have crossed in the room with them and they're greeted mm-hmm. by them. So yeah, it's a, death is actually a beautiful transition and it's very, you know, comforting nobody's ever alone it's yeah. um, 
quite extraordinary. Yeah. You're being birthed into your true existence, which is on the other side again. Mm-hmm. Um, I always feel like our lifetimes here, they're kind of these little virtual realities that we're beamed down into, but our soul is always really on the other side. So it's this kind of beaming down of an experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're completely you know, right about that. And mm-hmm. thank you up that point when it comes to to discussing death and transition and the other side with children I think it's really important conversation to have you know the really interesting thing is that children come here hardwired to the other side and to each other before we acquire language we're reading energy we're we're understanding energy we still feel you know where we come from if you've ever, ever been around a baby there's almost like this loving glow you can feel it and that's because they're so connected still to the other side to this place of love that they've kind of beamed down from right Mm -hmm. I think once kids start formal schooling between age five and seven that's when we're unfortunately taught to distance ourselves from our spiritual connections and our spiritual knowings you know we get very locked into this frontal lobe of our brain what what meditation teachers call the monkey mind um and that frontal lobe is in it's important in terms of like daily living you know it's where you know activity goes on for language skills math skills you know day-to-day living critical thinking logical thinking but we get stuck in it and we forget to connect to the deeper spiritual parts of ourselves and most people are stuck in that frontal lobe you know by the time they finish second grade so around age seven like that's it they're there and the only time they transition out of it is when they sleep so when we go to sleep we're in a very deep spiritual state we can connect and a lot of kids too um, will talk about recognizing let's say a grandparent on the other side they never met from a picture or they might talk about having energy around them. I know with my children too, they would talk about feeling spirits and feeling energy um, from a very young age. And that kind of, you know, it quieted down again once they started formal schooling. But my son, when he was young, used to talk about a black fuzzy guy that used to be around him all the time and, and how the ceiling, the sky, the would open up, um, you know, into this beautiful white. And my questions to him really were, okay, is the is the black fuzzy guy nice or mean? And he was like, no, he's nice. I'm like, we can stay. And then, you know, when he talked about the white light at the top, that was so beautiful. I was like, just don't go into it. Just stay here. Stay here with us. You know, Um, my daughter used to talk about, my youngest daughter used to talk about the spirit of a little boy being around her. And I felt like, you know, that was another family member that was going to come into our our family in a beautiful way. And and that did all make sense. Um, You know, so it's really beautiful, I think, to be open to conversations with children from a young age. Um, not even just about death, but about our connection to energy on the other side. When it comes to discussions about, you know, crossing and death, I think one of the most beautiful gifts you can give a child is to let that child um, know that death is not the, a dead end. It's a doorway that any relationship they have continues, that they can talk to that person. They don't even need to do it out loud. They can talk in their mind and that they can listen back. And you can teach a child to listen back by feeling love surrounding them. Cause sometimes we just feel the presence of a loved one or they can, you can teach them the sign system, which is ask for something really specific, ask for a pink dolphin in some way, you know, ask your Nana on the other side for a pink dolphin and you're going to wait to receive it just so that they can feel that connection and that love, helping them create a pathway to understanding and 
understanding that they are so loved, not only by the people here on earth, but that they have a team of light on the other side and they are so loved and so supported and so watched over. You know, I think that can make a profound difference on a child's path. And I think it's really important as well to give a child permission to still celebrate the person who's crossed. I think one of the greatest disservices we can do sometimes because we're confused in grief is, you know, put all the pictures of someone away or not talk about them because it hurts too badly. Right. Um, you know, it's, it's just so important to stay open. Absolutely. I, I think that's such a great way of explaining it to them and also knowing, you know, how to support your kids once they are in school, like you said, you know, a lot of the, obviously you want to continue that education at home and make sure that you're shaping your kid just as much as your, your teachers and their, their peers and all of that are shaping them. So continuing that conversation, exposing them to things, I think is such a great way of just ensuring that they don't disconnect as much. That's from- such a great word to use, disconnect. You're absolutely right. You don't want them to disconnect. You want them to dive into it more. You yeah. Know? yeah, yeah, absolutely. Especially if it comes so naturally to them. Like why lose that, you know? It's um, all a gift we have here. And it, it's a really, it's actually a really practical tool you can use, understanding energy, reading energy, even in the here and now, knowing what situations to avoid and what to be open to. It can be a wonderful, very practical tool for kids and adults alike. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, thank you. Yeah, that's very interesting. So going into your book signs a little bit more, I just have so many questions and <laughs> I thought so many of the stories were mind-blowing and I know people who want to start asking for more signs might have some of these similar questions as well so first um for anyone who hasn't read it there's a story um I believe you were out of the country this is the orange story oh yeah (laughs) I was actually in um southern California for that oh okay okay yeah (laughs) so Diego area yeah and um you were asking your team to show you a sign you were at an event and you wanted just kind of that gratification or I guess just, you know, comfort in knowing that they were there with you and you asked for an orange. And when you went into the breakout room or it was like the brunch following the event or right before the event, um, there were hundreds and hundreds of oranges, like mountains of oranges surrounding like the food area. And okay. So obviously you didn't know the oranges were there and they exceeded any ask you had of one orange, right? They were like, here's so many more oranges. Um, but I'm wondering if like on a deeper level, are we connecting in a way where like, they're almost giving us the idea of what to ask for. So it's like, they know they can deliver, they know they can show up for us, but they can't, physically go put all these oranges in a room for you. Right. So I'm just curious, like how that is all. How does it work? It's magical, right? How does it work? (laughs) Oh yeah. So that story was, it was my very first speaking engagement um, before a large group of people. And it, it turned out to be in front of like 600 of Hollywood's like top agents and elites. So no pressure there. And I was on stage with, you know, um, like Bill Clinton was one of the speakers and Deepak Chopra and then oh my God. and uh, I had this moment of knowing that you know the other side had guided me because this is their message is all about opening minds and hearts to this right but I also had this moment of oh please let me deliver this message in the way they want me to please let me do a good job at this and when I got off stage I just said to my team of light on the other side, please just let me know I delivered your message the way you wanted me to. Let me know that I I did an okay job at this. Just send me one orange. 
And then the speakers finished up and we were led into uh, the lunchroom, which was outdoors. And there were literally thousands of oranges. That was the one theme. It was like the entire restaurant was decorated in these piles and piles of thousands of oranges. And I burst into <laughs> tears because that's how much we're loved and supported by the universe. You ask for one orange and you get thousands. And it was just so meaningful to me. So the question there really is, how does it work? How does the science system work? Mm -hmm. Did my team of light give me the idea for the oranges because they had already set it up? Mm -hmm. You know, it's that sort of thing. And, and I don't have a full answer for it because if you start exploring the signs that people get, they're so profound and incredible that it's, it's almost hard to explain. You know, I just did a workshop this past Sunday online um, where I was sharing, you know, how to connect with the other side, how to connect with your team of light and the signs you get. And here's just one example. There was a woman who was walking on the beach thinking about her mom who had just crossed. And she noticed this little piece of pottery as she's kind of talking to her mom in her mind and she picks it up and it says I-L-Y. That's all it says on it. But that was her and her mom's like number one phrase, which was I love you. And they used to do it as like a hashtag I-L-Y. Mm -hmm. You can't make that like, how did that work? How did her yeah. mom orchestrate that divine yeah. timing? Like as she was thinking about her and talking to her, she sends her the I love you. Yeah. a piece of pottery with just that. It is mind boggling and it is magical. And it is part of just surrendering to the fact that we are so intertwined with each other's journeys and that the other side is so intertwined with our own paths here that we just learn to open and accept. It's yeah. called being flow of light of the universe is what I call it, which yeah. is when you have your sign in your moment, not questioning it, but just being so full of gratitude. But I get why you're saying like, how does it work? Did they make us think that? So that I don't know exactly. Maybe sometimes they do kind of influence us to think a certain thing because they're all excited. Like they've set something up for us and they you yeah. know, want to tell And sometimes maybe we just ask and they find a way to get it to us. It's quite yeah. amazing how it works. Right. Because I mean, like you say, you know, at the end of the day, we all have free will, right? So when we see the signs or not, we're still deciding what to do with that. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's really important for people to remember is that, you know, I think it's hard. So some people might not want to believe like that everything is meant to be, that there's fate, like our kind of our whole lives are already decided for us, you know, but. They are. I think there are yeah. certain people, I call them points of light on our path here. Like people were meant to meet. Um, situations we're meant to experience, but what we do with that right. meeting or that situation, how we embrace it determines our soul path. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I this has definitely changed my perception of that. Cause I always felt like everything that will be, will be like everything is meant to be. Um, but it is true that at the end of the day, even if that's true, like you still are moving through this in your own way. Um, but yeah, the signs actually, uh, my husband really wants us to move to Miami and um, I was, no, I'm open to it. I've been to Miami. I like it. His, it would be really close to his son. Who's in Nicaragua, two hour quick flight. A lot of his family's there. Like we'd be by the beach, like lots of positives. Right. So we're out on the balcony and I said, okay, Jose, if we both see a man with green hair, because <laughs> in your, because in your book, you said, you know, ask for whatever you want. As long as <laughs> ask, that is such a great sign. See, it's specific. It's unique. You're going to pay attention. 
That's amazing. Exactly. And, and, you know, you said, as long as it's not like a jumbo jet landing in central park, then <laughs> you, you can ask you me really dangerous situation. Like show me a plane crashing. No, don't ever do that. Yeah. 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 And definitely don't want that. Um, and we were out on the balcony getting it ready for the dogs. Cause we had to like, make sure it was safe, clean it up, whatever. And this man with green hair just like walks by across the street <laughs> and we both saw him at the same time. And I was just like, man with green hair. <laughs> amazing I mean could you get a more clearer sign and what a great gift because you see you can ask and you're going to receive guidance that's how it works you know yeah it was so funny and so now of course that's happening I guess eventually like we're going to give ourselves a few months to figure it out most important about that I feel like is you know that's on your highest path now yeah exactly and it's surrendering to that knowing and trusting in that because so often on our life journeys here we're we're quite blinded we don't know if Am I doing the right thing? This feels right. Like learning to trust our intuitive pulls, learning to trust and find our highest path is such a beautiful journey. And mm-hmm. so enlisting the other side's help with that can help us tremendously and give us such clarity. And your example, no one needs a psychic or a medium <laughs> that and to tap into that and to understand that and embrace that. It's just so beautiful. Absolutely. Yes. So that was really fun. I'm glad it happened before our talk too, because <laughs> that was just very, it was something that I felt like, yeah, this could be something that's good for us. And that just confirmed it. So I love that. yeah, so that was nice. Um, but the, the last couple questions are really just ones that I kind of ask everyone. Um, but first, is there a way to know who is on our team of light more, more so is it, always someone we've known who's passed or could it also be like um our past selves like pieces of our past life like who, is there a way to know that or what have you seen I guess is a better question sure these are great this is a great question to explore what I do know what has been told to me is number one our number like it's a three-part team of life we are all connected to what I call God energy, which is this force of love that connects us and unites us all. It's a creative force, right? So whenever you're also tapping into your creativity, you're tapping in and linking in with that, which is why art is so important, etc. But mm-hmm. God energy. Then we each have our own individualized, what I call spirit guides. Now, that sounds a little woo-woo, right? Oh, we've got these spirit guides, but we do. Our soul, before it comes here, contracts um, with these kind of teacher, mentor, you know, advanced spiritual angelic beings to help guide us. And so many of us have, you know, have tuned out of that, right? We're, we're not even sure like how many we have or what their names are, but that actually doesn't matter. As long as we've been receiving the guidance, that's what matters. So whether we acknowledge them or not, our, our spirit guides, they're helping us and watching over us and guiding us and maybe intuitively pulling us one way or putting a thought in our mind or guiding us a certain way, helping us to be open to maybe someone we're meant to meet and, and have a relationship with or a situation we're meant to avoid. I always say, and this is what I've been shown from the other side, when I do readings for people, um, the very first way I get my information about somebody is from their spirit guides. I'll be shown what I call a core aura for the person I'm reading. And it's a appear in a circle and it's one or more colors arranged a certain way. And it's in a millisecond and Mm -hmm. it's an entire language to me. So their guides are showing me their soul mission here, the gifts they came here with, the challenges they may be meant to face, how they're doing with it, a whole bunch of information. Mm -hmm. And what's really important is not, me telling them how many guides they have, what their guides names are, or what they look like. It's the information the guides are sharing. So the focus is always on the person here and their journey. However, what I will say is I'll get glimpses sometimes of people's guides on the other side. 
I would say an average is between one and three, but there have been times I've seen people with like 13, 15, 17 guides. And sometimes we have different guides that come in to help us with different legs of our journey here. So it's very interesting. What I will say is that I think that if people want to get more in touch with their spirit guides, pay attention. Like when you're in the shower, you might get like a little download or a little flash image or pay, or you can ask before you go to sleep to be shown or to meet your guides, because I think it's a very like um, intimate experience. Like they want to come through to you directly, or they'll share who they are, but it's our job when we get that information to trust it. So they might show you who they are. They might give you their name. They might let you know they're around. Um, but your, your relationship and your connection with your spirit guides can be wonderful. And again, they're nobody we knew this lifetime and they're not past versions of who we are. They're completely separate kind of angelic beings who just are there to help us. And then the other part of our team of light is anyone we've ever loved who's on the other side, whether it's an animal, whether it's a person. And to kind of answer your question too, if there has been, let's say a great artist or a powerful person here on earth, who we never directly met, but has influenced our life journey, our soul journey here, who has taught us a lesson or helped us to expand or explore. Well, you're linked to that person too. I feel like we can call upon anybody on the other side to help guide us, help show us, help love us, help support us. You know, the other side is very invested in our journeys here because really what we're here to learn is a collective lesson in love. Our only job here is to give love and receive love. Mm -hmm. And our currency is kindness and forgiveness and empathy. And so we're only as strong as our weakest link and we're all invested in each other's lives and journeys. And it's kind of this fabric of energy here. So the other side's always loving us and supporting us through that. In terms of like um, past lives and who you've been, to me, what they've shown me is our soul is always really on the other side. We kind of beam down here into these lifetimes, almost like a virtual reality. And we often come back with the same soul groups or sometimes we're expanding our soul groups in different lifetimes and we're playing different roles in each other's lives because it's all about what we learn here and how we grow together collectively. But it's very hard for us, I think our little brains right now to conceive what they've shared with me, which is that time doesn't really exist. So everything's really happening at once. So all the lives you've ever led are all at once, but your soul's always really on the other side. Time is a construct here. It's almost like a canvas for us to learn with. Um, so that always twists my brain in a little pretzel knot. I that's know. Chef told me, you know, but so our team of light is really three parts. God that's, energy, spirit guides, anyone we love who's crossed. That's amazing. Yeah. It's funny how our brain forces us into these constructs of time but then also for you for example opens you up into a totally different way like the same brain is really interesting you say that because what scientists have found about my brain is number one when they look at it initially um the very first thing I'm asked is have I had traumatic brain injury because my brain doesn't look normal and I really haven't although I realized at a young age I did two things in quick succession of each other I threw a tantrum in my bedroom and kicked the bunk bed ladder onto the back of my head and got a bunch of stitches because I was angry. My sister was invited to the neighbor's pool to go swimming and I wasn't. Um, And then the next week I started kindergarten and the first day we had a a playground safety lesson and then we're allowed to run around for five minutes. Now keep in mind, my energy has always been really high and spinning and I was chasing my friend Liz and I rammed into um, the bar, like this really heavy, like, I think it was like a steel bar of um, a slide. And I sliced my head open and had, you know, seven stitches there. And I'm wondering like, maybe that really did trigger something in my brain to open more. Like maybe I did have some sort of brain injury in that sense, but 
the thing is when I go into reading mode from speaking mode, like right now I'm in just normal speaking mode and I keep, you know, everything pretty much shut. When I go into reading mode and I've had scientists do like EEGs of my brain. So they're tracking all my brain waves and looking at what my brain looks like. Something really interesting happens, which is the frontal lobe of my brain. The part we talked about, which is in charge of language use and math and thinking and all that, all the brainwave activity silences completely, completely. So it looks like I'm honestly comatose and yet I'm awake and I'm talking mm-hmm. and different parts of my brain light up like the middle, the back. When I'm watching my um, psychic screen, cause I always get a screen, right. And I'm watching in my mind, it almost looks like a widescreen TV or a teacher's blackboard. Mm-hmm. When I am watching psychically on my left, um, the back um, right-hand part of my brain lights up the part that's in charge of the, the left optic field division. You know, it's always reversed. And when I go mediumistic and I'm reading on my right, it's the left one that lights up. So they can track this and see this in real yeah. time as I'm watching my screen. And so I feel like um, we all have that ability to do that. We just have to learn where like the switch is a little bit or how to yeah. surrender to it. Yeah, absolutely. And Definitely. Like I have, uh, I got my degree in psychology in college. And so that all the brain stuff that's on your website, I was like nerding out on. I loved it. So yeah. Much. It's it really so interesting. Interesting. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Um, well just, you know, the last couple questions are ones I ask everyone that I like to gather, especially from parents who can impart wisdom on those who don't have kids yet. <laughs> um, but the first one is what mantra or words do you live by? You know, I really live by this phrase, which is, and it's always, I'm in a constant state of like connection and and communion almost like, you know, with the other side. And it's used me as a vehicle of love and healing in this world in whatever way I can best be used. And I think for me too, there's a really important moment in that of surrender and and co-creation and co-collaboration, you know, that we have with the universe of understanding, like just being a willing person to a winning willing spirit here to be guided mm-hmm. and be directed into whatever way we can help and heal each other. Absolutely. I love that. Just being open to it. Um, second question is we all know it takes a village to raise kids. What do you most value in your community? Who's helped you raise your kids and are still helping today? I think it's so important to recognize that and to see like these cords of connection and this fabric, you know, of, how invested we are and how important we are in each other's journeys. And so for me, you know, I was always a working mom. I was a high school English teacher for 20 years before I turned over to really embracing these abilities and doing this full time. Mm -hmm. And so raising my children, I always, you know, have this great community of of people who are helping me do that. You know, my mother has always stepped in, but they went to to daycare and we had a nanny at one point. And, And so understanding and honoring like all the gifts of energy those people gave to light up my children and help me be able to do what I was doing in the world is, is profound. But I think, you know, it's so important to always honor and come from a place of gratitude and, you know, you know, teach people, you know, to honor and be grateful for all like the small things, the big things, every, everything that's done. I, I try to raise my children the way that my mom raised me, which is with a focus on empathy mm-hmm. for trying to put yourself in other people's shoes um, for, you know, being a hardworking person. In other words, understanding we're here for a purpose and finding your gifts, honoring them and sharing them with others. Um, I always like to come from a place of kindness and generosity 
mm-hmm. you know, and, um, and trust, like trust that you're being guided by the other side. And that a lot of the time, the times that we're led to certain people or certain situations, it's because we're meant to know that person or have that moment of connection. And anybody who's involved in raising our children, you know, it's, it's really important to be grateful for that and to honor that beautiful light that others are giving um, and helping our children embrace the world around them. Teachers are huge. I think we can all think about teachers we've had on our journey that have profoundly shifted our soul or helped us believe in ourselves and Mm -hmm. trust our light. I mean, it's really just so beautiful. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you, you sort of answered the last one too, about what qualities you most admire and want to instill in your children and the empathy thing, definitely. I mean, growing up, I remember my mom always taking the other person's side just to help us shift our focus. And at that age, you're just like, mom, like take my side, <laughs> like, you know, you, but it has taught us so many wonderful things as adults that now I really value, of course, which is, it's not hard for me to get into that headspace. It's not hard for me to like, think like, or just take a step back before I react and, and try and understand where that person's coming from. At least I hope I do that most of the time. So I think um, empathy and, and being so grateful and all these other qualities that you listed throughout this conversation and, and in that answer were, were just beautiful and definitely the ones that you would hope, you know, all children um, adopt from their parents. Yeah, I think, you know, em- being empathetic and embracing art are like two key factors in how we can just elevate ourselves as humanity and help each other you know, feeling what others are feeling and then embracing our creativity is is huge. (laughs) And I love that, you know, my children have been exposed to that through their teachers and through our our conversations. And we have dinner together as a family at every chance we can, like pretty much every night. And we just, that's where we, you know, workshop and have these conversations about energy and life and art and creation and things that are going on in the world and politics and all sorts of things that allow us to really explore ideas together. You know, I remember hearing something when I was much younger, like, you know, it was almost like people who are not as evolved talk about other people like gossip, but people who are elevating themselves and their souls talk about ideas. Mm-hmm. And I, that always stuck in my mind. Like that's how I want to explore my world. I don't want to get stuck in like, Oh, blah, blah, blah. I want to, especially yeah. with my children, help them embrace the gift of their own, you know, abilities here and, and being thoughtful, critical thinkers and exploring things and being em- empathetic and so forth. So that's so yeah. amazing. I love that. We're in agreement. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, thank you so much, Laura. This was such a pleasure, such um, an amazing gift. Thank you so much. Um, if you just want to let people know where they can find you, I'll include everything in the show notes, but Oh, sure. You know, I have a website, which is lauralynnjackson.com. And there's an E on Lynn. So that always throws people a little. I'm on Instagram under the same name. And I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter, pretty much under all the same names. But if you go to my, um, you know, my, my website, it will have all the links and, and so forth. But um, thank you. Yeah, you know, the greatest part of my journey here and doing this is the people I meet along the way. I, I just truly love it. And it's so beautiful. Like whenever I'm doing an online workshop or anything, you know, I can feel everybody's energy, like these little lights coming in, we're all connecting together. And, mm-hmm. and so I think it's just so beautiful to go through life, feeling that and honoring that about one another, like the role we each play in each other's journeys and, and what we're doing for others as well. You know, absolutely. Yeah. And I think this past year has been harder being so distant. Cause like when you said connecting all the energies just now, I just immediately thought of like a workout class and how you should like feed off everyone's energy and yes. how like, 
amazing that is. And we don't have that uh, right now. And so, yeah, tapping into it and really putting forth the effort to do so is so important. Well, thank you, Laura. It was such a pleasure. Thank you so much. I loved being in conversation with you. Thank you for all the light you're bringing into the world and this beautiful, you know, exploration of discussion. It's just wonderful. Oh, thank you. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoyed it, please leave a review and share it with a friend. Check out the podcast notes for the links we mentioned in our conversation and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode. Thanks for listening.